2: Hello, this is author Dan Arrow. And in between writing fantastic books that change your life forever, I never waste my time sitting around listening to I Doubt It with Jesse Dallamore.
3: The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dallimore.
2: All right. Welcome to the show. Episode 262 of I Doubt It with Dallimore. I am your host, Jesse Dallimore. And sitting across from me, the lady who's faking like she's asleep. (laughs) The lovely and talented Brittany Page.
4: Uh, I was taking a little micro micro sleep. Yeah.
2: Is that what you were doing? Uh Uh-huh. Your head was bobbing to and fro.
4: Well, I was making it dramatic.
2: (laughs) It was pretty dramatic. You were cracking me up as I was Mm -hmm. introing the program.
4: Well, that is what I do.
2: (laughs) Very funny. It's nice to see you in a better mood. Oh. Earlier... Or late last week, I guess, because uh-huh. we are this, we did miss the, the midweek show.
4: We did. We sorry. We
2: apologize about that, but that those days are almost behind us. We're almost through it, you guys. Yeah, Brittany has one more week this, of this last week. One more week of the second to last. This is her second to last. God damn, this is terrible. Your second to last <laughs> semester of grad school.
4: We'll just say this: one more semester in this week. <laughs> Okay, that's easier. <laughs> right. I have finals week this week. Yeah. And, and then my, we're done,
2: so we can get back to the midweek episodes.
4: Yeah, but we should be okay for the midweek episode this week as well, because yes. my finals are on Thursday, and I will not be waiting until the last minute to study for them, so I should be okay, and right. then we can all have a celebration after Thursday.
2: Together? Yes. Very, very good. Uh-huh. But your, your mood is improved over the uh, over late last week pretty mm-hmm. just switched doctors and she was having a difficult time getting the initial appointment yeah. set having them call her back yeah and well the, the the guy when she finally did get the appointment said oh sorry i wrote i wrote your number down wrong yeah and that apparently wasn't the case because you remember
4: specifically
2: the I moment do. when you gave the number because you were aggravated
4: yeah i know that sounds weird <laughs> that i would remember something so innocuous right but i remember because he was one of those people that repeated the number back to you every couple digits so i would say uh, i don't want to give my real number um 657 right the show number No, do that um i would say 657 and he said 657 um
2: 464
4: 464 you're the worst you don't four, even six, know four. the show's number <laughs> And you know when you you kind of – you say the first three numbers, then you're going to say the next few, but then they repeat it back to you. And so you kind of think, oh, oh, okay, so you're going to be right, one of those. Right. You're going to repeat it back to me before I can get it out. Just let me get the whole number out well, and then repeat the whole thing back to me, and then I, we're good.
2: I don't necessarily think that it's bad to do the, the immediate repeat back. I just, there just needs to be one way. And also, if you're a repeat back person – if I say 657, mm-hmm. let's do it. Do you know the number? Write the number down, please. <laughs> right, write I, the number down I, so we can do this fluid. I
4: do know it. 657-464-7609. Four, four, okay.
2: So I'm going to be, I'm going to do it the wrong way. Okay. R- read me your number. All right, Miss Brittany, I will, uh, what's
4: your phone number? 657.
2: 657.
4: 464. Seven, 464. 7609. <laughs>
2: Seven six zero nine. Uh-huh. See that that was the timing was off. Th- this they should wait the same amount of time when you finish the numbers to repeat it back, so you know. Like if I repeat it back very quickly, the first number, uh-huh. and then pause, and then start repeating, it, it's like this: uh, Are you? Oh, are we? Are you? Are we gonna? Are, yeah. I don't want. Yeah. You don't want to talk at the same goddamn time.
4: Yeah. Yeah, well, and the I... People are just terrible
2: communicators.
4: Yeah, and so I know he was lying to me because he repeated the correct numbers back to me. Even though I was aggravated, that doesn't interfere with my ability to remember things correctly. So I <laughs> I do remember him reading it back to me correctly. But I, I get bothered because I used to work as a receptionist for a, a long time. And when people would leave messages they would leave their number on a message and say, 657-464-7609. Like they're an yeah, auctioneer. Yeah. Right, right. And I would have to replay the voicemail twice. Right. And so I do not do that to people. I say it very slowly. So I don't need it repeated well, that, back immediately. I'm that, already saying it slow enough for you to get it.
2: That opens up a whole different can of worms of people who, <laughs> who you know, that's my pet peeve is uh-huh. what I call a business. If I call your business and this is how you answer the, the phone, I'd I'd have Wait, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Didn't you have that experience this last week? Where yeah. you are like, is this I don't remember what the business was, but you repeated back, is this Oak Tree whatever or whatever. It was a printing
4: business. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, uh, orange ca- Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah,
4: and they answered the phone and I kind of I waited and I I was thinking, should I hang up or should I <laughs> should I ask if this is the business? And so I asked if it was the business and they were like, yeah. And I said, o- okay, well, I'm looking for, <laughs> yeah,
2: it's weird. It's very
4: awkward for me, I don't know, starting off on the wrong foot here.
2: Well, if the goal of communication is to goddamn communicate uh-huh. appropriately and have the person understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, yeah. then slow down. Are you in such a rush that you have to answer the phone at Mach 5? <laughs> it's just stupid.
4: Yeah, yeah. So
2: get it together, people, with the phone number repeating, <laughs> pick a style, <laughs> just pick a style. If you're going to be the repeat back each, the three, the three, and then the four, repeat it back at the same pace. Wait for the same amount of time after each repeat. Uh-huh. Or just wait till the end and repeat it back.
4: Yeah. Make sure you got the whole thing. I
2: think globally we should get all on one standard, though.
4: I really think we should because it it causes me a great deal of anxiety. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't even like to call businesses yeah. anymore. No,
4: I You know, there are people that, that are like that that don't like to call businesses and I wonder if it's because of these issues or I don't know, something else. It doesn't really cause me anxiety. I'm just All right. Being neurotic.
2: Well, let's since we're talking <laughs> about phone numbers, let's let's give the phone number
4: as if we haven't already given it enough times.
2: 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at com. You see, that's how you communicate, Brittany.
4: Mm-hmm, getting it done.
2: All right. Before we get into the show, let's get to some emails.
4: We have an email from Kelly, Dear Jesse and Brit Brit.
2: Brit Brit, huh? <laughs> yeah. That's a new one. I like it. See, this is a moment when someone should have called in, so then I could isolate that and use it as a clip on the show. Yeah. The Brit Brit.
4: Uh-huh. It's Kelly again, the one from the neon red state that held her nose and voted for Clinton. So like many Americans, I am devastated by the election, bordering on pants, shittingly terrified. <laughs> I'm really worried about Trump's lack of knowledge and his unwillingness to learn. So now comes the work and for all of us to get involved. Parenthetically, loved your bonus podcast about activism. That's why I'm emailing you now. I would really appreciate it if you shared the following with your listeners because it is up to all of us to stay vigilant over the next four years. I would encourage everyone to contact their representatives and tell them to support H.R. 6340, Presidential Accountability Act, which would require the President and the Vice President to put all private personal finances into a blind trust and would also require them to disclose any possible international conflicts of interest. If your listeners don't know who their rep is, they can go to whoismyrepresentative.com. Call them, don't just email, calls count more, don't know why, but they do. Also, I would encourage everyone to call both of their senators and tell them we want Obama to make a recess appointment to the Supreme Court. The December recess will be his last chance to do this, and we have had two recess appointments within the last 50 years, so there is precedent, and the Senate has had ample time to vote and has not done so, which I take as an open invitation for the president to just do the damn thing. If anyone wants to track their congressmen and women and see how they are voting, they can go to govtrack.us, and you can hold them accountable for their vote. The Hear My Voice app is also good for tracking and contacting Congress, and it's free and super easy to use. Ballotpedia and (laughs) holyfucktheelection.com... I did not check, I did not fact check this, Kelly, so I hope you're right, <laughs> are also really good references for information. But the time has come to act, and this is the banality of patriotism. Yeah. Stay woke, <laughs> winter is coming, and of course, Brit Brit is the best part. <laughs>
5: Love the show, Britney's the best part. Well, Bye.
2: on on in addition to the, the resources that Kelly laid out for us, which I think are great, I I agree that phone calls are more weighty. They hold more. Having worked on Capitol Hill and knowing many, many staffers over my lifetime, phone calls are really what get the ball rolling. That's what causes the traction. And if you'd like to call your representative, you don't have to know their number specifically. They have a switchboard at Capitol Hill with the Bank of Operators. The number is 202-224-3121. One more time for those of you who love to repeat numbers. 202 224 3121. And if you'd like to call the White House, the White House switchboard is 202 456 1111. Both of those are great resources, especially contacting your congressmen and women because that is what's going to move the ball and change minds. Because if they know their constituency, each office has its own little count that if Each call represents so many votes. They really do uh, take those seriously. So if you were to get on the phone and rally the troops and get your people to call Congress, it would make a difference. So uh, that, again, is H.R. 6340. I think it's important. And again, Kelly, thank you. Next up on the email front.
4: Hello Jesse and Brittany. I wanted to see if you have seen the controversy surrounding University of Cincinnati in Ohio about a display of American flags. One was hung upside down and another was hung from a noose. I included the article just in case you haven't seen this yet. I work for the university and came across this display last week. At first I was taken back because I didn't know exactly what what it was representing. After seeing the article and video on it and the statement from the student was, quote, it's not about hate for my country, it's about my love for this country, he said. It's about the fact that everything this country stands for I feel is being attacked. Of course, now people are losing their fucking minds because it's desecration of the American flag and he must just be a whiny liberal and that the university should make him take it down. Now, while I don't agree with burning the flag or really desecrating it in any way, it's their right. What are your thoughts on this? I believe this is their First Amendment right and believe this has sparked some great conversations and, of course, brought out the trolls calling to shut the university down. Would love to hear your opinions on it. Love you guys. Love the show. Thanks. D.
2: Well, listen, I, I too would never do anything to burn the flag or anything like that. But one, this guy did talk about it being art. And who's to say what's art and what's not art? If it's art to him, it's art. Calm down. Calling to shut down the university. Jesus Christ. Maniacs. My my thing about flag burning kind of it, it gets muddled because I believe that the flag is a sacred symbol. I do believe that. And I think that if you're going to follow the etiquette for treating the flag a certain way, it doesn't just involve not burning the thing. Don't put the American flag on a napkin. Don't wear clothing that has the American flag on it, like a fucking bathing suit, you patriots.
4: That's always my question, is those people that criticize this, do they have little 4th of July cups and little 4th of July paper plates that they eat their barbecue on?
2: According to the flag code, anything that is disposable should absolutely not have the united states flag imprinted on it so you can't have it one way and not have it the other way with your handkerchiefs that have the american flag on them that you sweat all over just calm down you fucking hypocrites
4: well it's also interesting to me too because i've heard you say that you know you didn't serve to protect the flag that's right you serve to protect your your country.
2: Right, and Americans.
4: Yeah, so this whole thing about disrespecting the flag, it's almost like a conflation with the country, almost.
2: Well, listen, anytime a symbol becomes more important than the people the symbol is supposed to represent, we got a problem. And I served to protect Americans... Not to protect the symbol that represents those Americans,
4: right? And I've seen people post nothing makes me more angry than someone burning the flag. I'm like, I can think of millions of things that make me more yeah, how angry about than
2: that. Killing unarmed black men, cops.
4: <laughs> yeah, there are many, many things that enrage <laughs> me more than stubbing, an American flag. Stabbing my on toe fire.
2: <laughs> makes me madder.
4: <laughs> I see, I see news every day that is more problematic than someone hanging a flag upside down.
2: Right. Honestly. Well, as well, here the other thing is 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 we're having a conversation about it. So it does start conversations. It does. It, it, the only problem I have is that when these conversations start, instead of doing what we're doing right now, which is just having a conversation about whether or not it's okay, let's talk about why they're burning the flag. Let's talk about why they're hanging it upside down. Why they're hanging it by a noose. What are the underlying causes? if those conversations were to be had maybe something would really get accomplished rather than just the artist doing it being provocative and then leaving it at that
4: mm-hmm. you
2: know all right d thank you for the email that's awesome sweet d sweet sweet d <laughs> all right so we have one more that we're going to abbreviate for time and we, there's actually a lot of voicemails and emails that we got this week that we just oh, there's too much to talk about because so much is going on mm-hmm. so we apologize Again, we read everyone. We listen to every single one. We love you guys. We appreciate the communication for sure. It does steer the way we do the show. So don't stop it at all.
4: Well, and we're abbreviating David's email here because it's basically a novel and it would be like me doing a live reading of an audiobook. <laughs> so. <laughs> but thank you. But thank for you. The... It was very well written. Of course. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I just don't want to read the whole thing. Okay. I mean, live. Okay. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. I've been listening since I saw one of Jesse's response videos to Tommy Laren in my Facebook feed back in October. So I wanted to say thanks for helping me get through what I thought was going to be a rough couple months, but now might be a rough couple years. What? what? <laughs> anyway, listening to the show today, you brought up something that I've heard a lot since the very bad day. That is that Trump is lining his cabinet with just the type of folks he promised to drain out of the swamp. You, like a lot of others who brought it up, asked how Trump supporters were feeling now. I haven't heard a peep from the ones I know on any of these appointments, so I don't know if they are highly chagrined or feeling quietly satisfied. But then I heard a little insight from David Brooks on NPR He brought up this issue and pointed out that populists, which I think is how Trump supporters are starting to think of themselves, actually like rich people and just hate professionals, citing journalists, teachers, and lawyers. And this at least jives with what I do hear from actual Trump supporters, which is they're agonizing about their lives being affected by liberal coastal elites. So I'm wondering what you guys think about how one could convince Trump supporters that these cabinet appointments at least fit the definition of elite, but much more saliently, are going to be deeply affecting the lives of many people without insight into those people's lives. Thanks for the show, guys. Britney's the best part, but what's-his-face ain't half bad either.
5: Love
2: the show. Britney's the best part. Bye. Uh, well, listen, I, I, uh, I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer for how you would communicate or convince Trump supporters that this, this, this gaggle of billionaires isn't in touch with what their needs are, what their life is like what their struggles are. I don't think that's a possible. I don't think that's possible unless you have some, you know, master ability of communicating with people. I don't have that. Um, But it is, it is certainly true that you've got the largest group of billionaires of, of multi hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions. And, they're running they're running the show now. I even Donald Trump's latest likely choice for Secretary of State, the the CEO of ExxonMobil, uh, this is this is a, a connected group of folks. This isn't grassroots, you know, their ear to the ground really feeling and knowing what's going on in America and what gets talked about at the di- uh, at the dining room table. In, in, in Joe Friday and you know, Joe America's living room. So I don't know. I'm at a loss. I'm still trying to work it out. It's only been, you know, fewer than thirty days. And it's uh or I guess it's over thirty days now. But uh I'm I'm at a loss.
4: Well the problem is also finding a way around the polarization, which is very difficult because people are going to stick with their tribe. Right And defend their right. tribe. So it's very difficult for people to admit they're wrong as well and that they may have made a mistake or that they were tricked. Yeah. That's not something people want to admit.
2: Yeah. All right, David, thank you for the questions that I wasn't able to answer. <laughs> we appreciate it very much. If you too would like to communicate with the show, of course once again six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. Or as always, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Let's get to some follow-up that I have been champing at the bit to get to, and we just, we haven't done it. So the Dakota Access Pipeline, a lot of celebration was happening over the course of the last week that they, the the Obama administration did not issue through the the Army Corps of Engineers, did not issue the permits and easements necessary um, for the pipeline company to continue the project. Well, that's some good news, but there is also some very bad news associated with the entire situation.
6: Drumbeats, cheers, and tears. The sound of victory for the Standing Rock Sioux and thousands of others gathered to stop the Dakota Access Pipeline. This massive humanity, living off the grid, joined by thousands of military veterans helped exert so much political and legal pressure, effectively forcing the pipeline to be rerouted.
7: People have uh, said that
8: now this is uh, either we make it or break it, and uh, I guess
9: uh, we made it. <laughs>
6: The pipeline was almost to the river when it was halted by the Army Corps of Engineers so it could take another look at the path. Sunday, officials decided it was a no-go. For months, the Sioux Nation had been demanding the project be scrapped. They were convinced the pipeline carrying crude oil underneath the Missouri River would one day leak, poisoning the drinking
10: water of millions downriver. This is too much of a risk to the drinking water, to the thousands of people, the Standing Rock Sioux Nation. Too much of a risk for the the sacred sites all along that route in this area and too much a risk for us as a planet.
6: The pipeline's planned route did not go through Indian reservation land, but the tribe argued the water is part of treaty land and therefore it too must agree to its path. So you were offered $5 million and some land by both the landowners and the Dakota Access Pipeline. Yes. And your response to that was? We don't want the land. We don't want money. Instead, they wanted to protect the water. North Dakota's governor says the pipeline was ninety-five percent complete. The company was waiting on that final permit. It's not getting it. It seemed to be a blessing to the Standing Rock Sioux.
5: What we see has never been seen before in the in the in the written history of our people. We have never known a time when Non-Native American allies from around the country, around the world, have come here in the dead of winter to stand with us, to stand together, to call for a new
0: day.
6: But then energy partners responded, saying this is simply a political move by the Obama administration that won't stop the pipeline from going under the river. They contend the latest decision changes nothing. They have every legal right to continue. And with that, the celebrations could be short-lived.
5: If President-elect Trump could override what just happened today on January 20th and grant that easement, then we're in for a world of hurt. Nothing has changed for us.
2: And that is where I think the celebrations need to be tempered because of the fact that what he just said. Now, the last paragraph of the press release from Energy Transfer Partners and Sunoco... It says, ETP and SXL are fully committed to ensuring that this vital project is brought to completion and fully expect to complete construction of the pipeline without any additional rerouting in and around Lake Oahe. And this is the part. Nothing this administration has done today changes that in any way. So the fact that they don't have easements, the fact that they don't have the proper permitting, apparently has done nothing to change the direction that they're heading and that they're going to drill. I don't know how that's possible. When you don't have the, 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 the proper permits from the federal government and you say, yeah, that doesn't change, change anything. We're just going gonna to go ahead. That's a bold statement from a corporation. I believe that they're emboldened by the fact that Donald Trump, is, his, his inauguration is imminent, and they can just do whatever the fuck they want but we will see only time will tell it is uh it is an odd thing when corporations feel this emboldened this ballsy to be making statements like this in direct opposition to policy the other story this week is something that i've talked about in the past quite a bit the the alt-right richard spencer gave a talk. He was invited by alt-right people to speak at Texas A&M University. So he, di- he was invited, he did speak, and there was a lot of controversy surrounding his appearance.
10: This is the man who invited white nationalist Richard Spencer to speak at Texas A&M University. Preston Wigginton knows it will be controversial. He knows most people don't want this event to take place. What do you think of Richard Spencer? Um, I think he has some valid points.
3: Hail Trump! Hail our people! Hail victory!
10: The Nazi-era wording, the Nazi-era imagery at this gathering in Washington, D.C., upsetting to so many. Wigginton, a political activist who lives in Texas, says he doesn't agree with all of Spencer's views, but he certainly does some of them. Do you think this is a white nation?
8: I think it was at one time, and I think that uh, the reaction of Trump being elected and the reaction that's going on with the alt-right being popular his reaction
10: to it uh, declining and being a white nation. Wigginton says he doesn't like to label himself, but says he is sympathetic to the point of view of the so-called alt-right, a relatively new term for what in the past were simply called white supremacists.
8: Why would I want to see America become less white? Why would I want to be displaced and marginalized? Here's here's the thing. Only people with a mental illness
10: want to be displaced and marginalized. But here's the thing. You and people like you have this hang up about the color of people's skin. What's the difference? What color people's skin are? It, what matters is the kind of people they are. So why does it matter the pigment of their skin?
8: It's not just pigment. What is it? What is, people's behavior, people's IQ, people evolve over different okay. times and different places. There are lots people of there, there are are lots of the there are
10: lots of white people with low IQs. There are lots of black people with high IQs. There better, are lots of red people with low IQs and high IQs. Everyone's different. You're stereotyping. So my question is, don't better you the devil that? I know than the devil I don't. Texas A&M does not want this event to happen and has officially rejected Richard Spencer's views, but says it cannot ban the event because this is a public university. A number of students who oppose Spencer's visit have organized what is expected to be a large demonstration. They pledge to keep it peaceful. We have a responsibility to take measured action to counter white nationalism, white supremacy. Yeah, I
8: think there's gonna be outside agitators by
10: all means. Wigginton, who is a former a and student, is mentioned on the website of the Southern Poverty Law Center, a monitor of hate groups, which says he has declared he wants to prevent the populations of white nations from becoming what he has termed a homogeneous muddle of sludge. Wigginton says he was misquoted, but doesn't deny the point of the quote, and says there is a way to make America more white.
8: A ban on immigration, if not a strict curve on immigration. I don't think that you can bring Somalians into America and expect them to assimilate. It's a completely different culture. It just doesn't happen.
10: But some Somalians can, right? Oh,
8: I would be very selective on that. I think we just freely let too many of anybody See, that's, into that's, America.
10: That's what prejudice is, though, is that you're saying they should all not come. Well, you know, when you. There you are bad that, people. There are bad people who absolutely should not be in this country from all nationalities, all creeds, all religions. But by saying that all Somalis shouldn't come here, isn't that being a bigot?
8: Um, Sometimes maybe
2: being a bigot is wise. Sometimes being a bigot is wise. This is disgusting. And you know what? This, people are trying to downplay the impact of this particular element of the electorate. And I think that is dangerous because these viewpoints are being normalized by so many in this country. Donald Trump, largely chief among them. And this Richard Spencer, he does have dangerous ideas.
3: America, at the end of the
2: day, belongs to white men. He truly believes that, that this is a white country for white men to dominate. Make
3: America great again. Remember that he had higher hopes Than the Clintons and the Zuckerbergs and the Bill Gates and the George Soros combined. That he had a sense of height, of upward movement, of greatness, of that thing that makes
2: the white race
3: truly unique, truly
2: wonderful. So he's describing his direct philosophy to Donald Trump. And you know what? I don't think it's difficult to do that. I don't think, I think it's a hard stretch to say a man like Donald Trump who refused to disavow immediately the KKK and the ideologies of David Duke, yeah, he did it after the fact. You don't get credit for that. You either do it right at the moment or you don't.
4: Well, something I've been hearing a lot is people criticizing the coverage that Richard Spencer and other alt-right individuals are getting because they say it's disproportionate to their popularity or the existence of their their views in number, I guess, in the population. And I I think that's misguided because the point is, it's a problem that this exists at all.
2: That's true. It could also be said that Hillary Clinton wasn't as popular as Donald Trump because she wasn't drawing thousands of people at a rally, even though she won the popular vote by over 2 million people. So that argument is just stupid.
4: Well, and... Richard Spencer is only going to continue to get more popular and-
2: That's right. Get more- and he is getting more popular.
4: Right, because you have all those people on Twitter that hide behind their Pepe the Frog uh, photos, whatever the little-
2: Cartoon, yeah. Avatar.
4: Yeah. And they're going to start coming out, I think-
2: Right. They're not they're not going to have to be in the shadows or anonymous anymore because they feel emboldened by the popularity of their leaders like Richard Spencer.
4: And I don't think not talking about this is the solution. I think talking about this is the solution saying, hey, listen, just like he said in the in the clip that the alt-right movement is being called alt-right now. But prior, they used to just be called white supremacists. Right. Right. Kind of identifying their their new mask and taking it off.
2: Yeah, it's disgusting and scary. Well, here's one last clip. Listen to him call Donald Trump an alt-right hero. However
3: vulgar he might be, that he had a sense of it. That's what inspired the alt-right. That's what made Donald Trump an alt-right hero.
2: Disgusting. Especially when faced with the problems that we are facing right now as a country. The fact that the trial for the murder... Of walter scott in south carolina was just deadlocked a mistrial was declared for for michael slager the cop who shot him dead in the back as he was running away the unarmed
0: walter scott uh, prosecutor in charleston south carolina now vowing to retry the former police officer charged in the fatal shooting of an unarmed black man on monday a judge granted a mistrial for michael slagle after a jury could not reach a unanimous verdict walter scott's death in april of 2015 was captured on video by a bystander the mayor of charleston community leaders and south carolina's governor are urging a calm response to that ruling and
2: it is necessary to say it needs to be heard and talked about that it's not just oh the jury it was uh You know, a 7-5 split on the jury. Uh, It wasn't that. It was 11-1. There was one single holdout who wouldn't convict when there was a mountain of evidence against Michael Slager. Not only was there the videotape, but they matched the video with the audio of the police dispatch. When he cries out on the radio, he got my taser, he took my taser. After that, you see him walk back to where he was, pick up his taser, bring it back over to the lifeless body of Walter Scott, and drop it to the ground. A mountain of evidence that he is a murderer. Police officer, white police officer, Michael Slager. A murderer. Mistrial.
4: Well, even the police chief following the release of the video, said, quote, I have watched the video, and I was sickened by what I saw. Yeah. It was pretty unanimous here in terms of the reaction, even right. from the police. Yes. So I think that's what is most shocking, is he shot a man in the back who was running away from him.
2: Who was un- unarmed. There was no gun.
4: So, really? even right. Even that? doesn't get a conviction even that situation doesn't get a conviction
2: disgusting and this is the country in which we live right now where the blue lives matter people at no opportunity are they going to say hey yeah that was bad news that shouldn't have happened instead there's an outpouring of support their arms are open for michael slager oh what a victim When the true victim is Walter Scott, who is dead, who will not enjoy another day breathing, enjoying his family.
4: So I want to read a quote from this article in The Atlantic. What will it take to convict a police officer for shooting an unarmed man? And at the very end of the article, this is the quote. He says, The larger failure to hold police accountable in the United States, even in egregious cases, is a collective one. And any political movement that claims to revere individual liberty or the rights set down in the Constitution is lying to itself if it doesn't expend effort to make things better.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what we're that's what we're faced with right now. And that's why we need to raise our voice at every chance. That's why, whether it be Facebook activism or getting out there and protesting and marching or calling your congressman on those numbers we mentioned earlier, this is important. Whether you live in a red state, whether you live in a blue state, these topics are important. They are what matter because they affect the lives, the existential matters that face us all. It's a life and death matter.
6: Support for I Doubt It With Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode, as much or as little as you'd like, comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget, and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I Doubt It
4: With Dollamore. Brittany. Brittany. Not me. A different
2: Brittany. Yes.
4: <laughs> and Janine. Janine. Yes. So we have new Patreon and PayPal supporters, Brittany and Janine, and we thank you so very much for your support. That is awesome. We really want to thank you guys for helping us to produce the show and supporting us with all the hard work that goes into with sitting down and recording and Editing and putting it out there.
2: <laughs> putting it out there, everybody.
4: Doing the thing.
2: We are doing the thing. Sometimes you take care of biz. Sometimes we don't.
3: Stalemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism.
2: So CNN had a little town hall meeting with Anna Navarro. And former Pennsylvania Senator Rick Santorum. Uh, yeah, he is just a fucking piece of shit. Well, I mean, I hate to judge people. No, no I don't.
4: It's <laughs> really aggressive. I, I
2: don't hate to judge people at all.
4: Here's my take on him. He's not my favorite.
2: He's not your favorite.
4: Yeah. Well, anyway, this really
2: just goes to show the lengths to which Donald Trump supporters have to bob and weave and contort themselves to, to defend the previous behavior and statements and campaign promises of Donald Trump. And also, before I start this, can I just say, Brittany page, I know you hate her, <laughs> but I love Anna Navarro.
4: Oh, please. <laughs> I love her more than you love her. Yeah, sir. I think
2: you do. She is awesome. This is a woman who is right now in this clip. We're getting ready to play right in the face asking very pointed questions of s- former senator United States Senator Rick Santorum well and
4: I also want people to know for those who may not know Anna Navarro she's not a liberal so she's not sitting next to Rick Santorum as a liberal asking him these questions lifelong
2: Republican she's
4: sitting next to him as a lifelong Republican asking another Republican these questions this is a Republican to Republican conversation
5: have you read about the spike in hate crimes since since Trump was elected do you think that's a coincidence uh, Have you read about the Muslim women in college campuses, one in the subway here, who've had their hijabs torn off their heads in public, and people have just stood by and seen it and watched it and not done anything? You think that's a coincidence? The bottom line is Donald Trump released the Kraken. He He unleashed a level of racism and division and hostility in America, and he justified it and empowered it.
2: And you'd have to see the smug... Smarmy dick face looks from Rick Santorum right now. He's rolling his eyes. He's he's making uh, dismissive, contemptuous faces. It's a sight to behold. We'll we'll put the video on the Facebook page.
0: And now, if he
5: wants to govern, he needs to put it back. Put that. I I I couldn't disagree with you more. Of course. I couldn't
7: disagree with you more. But
5: have you read Uh, about this fight? But but just
7: because people misinterpret what someone says. Doesn't mean that that person is in the wrong. The person, <laughs> what Donald Trump focused on,
4: legit. How many people are misinterpreting what he said? Apparently,
2: tens of millions of people don't know how to understand English.
4: Right. When most people are quote unquote misinterpreting what you're saying, it's it's the speaker's problem. Right. So
2: it's 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 the te- I'm misinterpreting what Donald Trump uh, meant. And apparently so are his supporters who are going around ripping off hijabs on women's heads in the subway in New York City. Liberal New York City. So it's not just the liberals who are misinterpreting Donald Trump. It's also the worst among his supporters.
7: ...was ISIS and the the, uh, influx of people coming in this country... The harming this country that to me is a legitimate thing to talk about if people misinterpret that there's always crazy people who, who take things and do dumb things that's not Donald Trump's responsibility yeah. Donald Trump is going to stay focused and I think he'll do a good job and I think he'll get it done answer me do
5: you think do you think the spike in hate crimes is a coincidence since Trump got elected yeah.
7: no I no I think frankly when, when people like Ana Navarra and, and, and Van Jones get up and talk about white lash and, and, and how Donald Trump is, is, you know hates Muslims and, and all of the negative things that the press is spewing out there about what
5: Trump's going to do, that's got people worked up more than anything else. Well, well, so, you, wait, so you think that when, I, when Van and check, I check. highlight some of this stuff, it's hate spewing. But you think that when Donald because Trump not, calls Mexicans it, racist,
2: rapists, and when Donald Trump it, calls Mexicans criminals, that's not hate speech. We're talking to about Trump Muslims. We're talking about Muslims. We can actually do. talk to some Muslims. I, I didn't mention this was hosted by Van Jones. Here's the, the thing commonly that I hear about Donald Trump and whether he hates Mexico. He's even said stuff like this. that He doesn't hate Muslims. He doesn't hate Mexicans. He does business with them all the time. Well, you know who else did business? with blacks in the 40s and 50s and 20s and 30s, restaurant owners who made them come through the back. Tell me they weren't racist when they were being hatefully prejudiced against them. Just because you'll take money from somebody and do business with somebody doesn't mean you're not a fucking racist.
4: Also, just because you're friends with somebody doesn't mean you're not racist. Yeah, you
2: can have the old, oh, you're one of the good ones attitude.
4: Yeah, not even that, though. It's you can be around the people that you hate, and then once they leave, you say horrible, racist shit. Yeah. I mean, that, that happens all the time. All the time. So I, I, this whole idea of these memes everyone's creating saying, look at Donald Trump, the misogynist, the racist, appointing Ben Carson and, you know, that billionaire woman. Great. Right. That's wonderful. So because he's doing that, it indicates what?
9: Nothing.
2: Yeah, it
4: indicates nothing. Absolutely about nothing. how he feels personally, privately, inside.
2: So this next clip is from the same town hall meeting, and this is right after Van Jones said, "Well, we can talk to Muslims," and they talk to a Muslim girl, young lady, who has a very pointed question for Rex Santorum, and he, seriously, he needs slapped around a little bit because he is very dismissive and shitty. And you know, very Santorini.
11: You know, my question here is, um, how will President, how will the President-elect uh, Trump ensure the safety of the Muslims in this country? Ensure and ease our minds as our young Muslim women go to school and wear their hijabs every day. How will he ensure the safety of the Middle Eastern shop owner um, at the corner deli down the block? Uh,
7: I think going from a, 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 an Obama presidency to a, to a Trump presidency, you, you should feel much better about religious liberty. Because Barack Obama <laughs> attacked religious liberty more than any president in the history of this country. False. And, and Donald Trump. I
2: like that Van Jones said that, false. How did Obama attack religious liberty? Dick face.
4: Well, listen, I I read comments <laughs> on news articles on Facebook because I'm a glutton for punishment. And when Donald Trump was elected, there was a the number one liked comment on a Fox News article and it said, Finally we will hear God bless America again. Yeah, yeah. As though Barack Obama has not ended every single speaking engagement that he has attended with the phrase, God bless America. God
2: God bless you. God bless America. Every state of the union, every rally, every speech.
4: I mean, really? Yeah. What did she think he was saying?
2: Well, it's because these idiots, these morons who want to talk about flyover country. I was raised in flyover country, everybody. These people who deny the Christianity of Barack Obama are hateful. They are misinformed. They are low-information Americans. And that is who elected Donald Trump.
7: Donald Trump has has said he's going to appoint justices. He's going to have a, a law enforcement that's going to make sure that religious liberty is vibrant, which means all religions. When I know some people hear religious liberty and think, oh, we're just talking about Christians. No, we're not. We're talking about all religions and, and allowing people to, to practice that religion, including wearing uh, wearing clothing that's consistent with, with their religious traditions. So, not, so do, the reality, want, so reality is on that front, he's going to be good. Secondly, he's going to be a law and order president, uh, which means that we're going to respect the law and, and we're going to obey the law and we're going to have uh, a police and, and, and a justice department that's going to enforce the law. The law protects minorities, protects people.
4: Well, you know Barack Obama. I mean, he just came in and he overturned the law.
2: Oh, yeah. There's
4: no more laws right now.
2: Lawless. It was a lawless administration.
4: It's basically <laughs> the purge.
7: There was the purge featuring <laughs> Barack Obama. I would I would return the question to you. What is it that Donald Trump said? Not what other people have done. There's always people who are going to do mean things and, and take things. What is What are you concerned about? that Donald Trump has said that's going to affect your life.
2: I'll, you, should I answer the question, Rick Santorum? Give it a try. That we're going we're to create a registry. We have to. We either have a country or we don't. Muslims are going to be banned from coming in because they are Muslims, because of their religion. There, there are countless, myriad statements that he has made that would lead her to the conclusion that she's not safe in this country. Are you kidding me? You work, you not very nice man. <laughs> is, that, is that better, Brittany? Yes. With respect to
7: being a Muslim.
11: Well, I think um, even recently, his rhetoric, um, an idea of having a Muslim registry, um, things of that nature, his campaign was, was, was based on, on a platform of, of hatred for, for all that's different for something that, that is not the majority, and I am of, of a minority background and faith. Um, my, my parents immigrated here from outside of the country, so I think that his rhetoric, his base, his platform, although maybe not all of his comments are directed specifically at Muslims, but they are targeting those minorities and anything that is different to him.
2: Th- th- thank you. I, uh, can, can, we, can we talk a little bit? Um, well, I really appreciate it. Can,
11: can you let me
5: look, answer her question, though, about what, what <laughs> Donald no, Trump ahead. is going to do? I think, you know, forget what Donald Trump is going to do. He's had a chance in the last three, four weeks, in the last month since being elected, to go out and give unity speeches, mm-hmm. to go out and heal the wounds, to go out and be the unifier. He hasn't done it. It's up to us to stand with you. It's up for, to you to stand with your community. It's up to you. To make sure that the press knows every time that there is a hijab turn, torn off a head, it's up to us to make sure that America sees these wounds and these, and these, you know, the, the hurt and the fear that's out there. If you ask me to figure out a silver lining to the Donald Trump presidency and election, I think it's that we can no longer pretend the racial divisions, the divisions and hostility in America don't exist. We can no longer sweep it under the rug. That
2: is why Anna Navarro is a boss. That is why she's clear-headed. Not all conservatives are maniacs. Not all conservatives are hateful. Not all conservatives are fearful cowards of those who don't look and think like them. As evidenced by her behavior here and throughout this entire campaign on CNN. Right.
4: Right. Her and many others like her.
2: Yeah, there's been a lot. So the other big news this week has been the fact that the CIA has alerted both parties and America that the Russians were involved in hacking not just the DNC, but also the Republicans. And ah, how convenient that they didn't release any of the information about the Republicans. They sat on that.
4: The CIA has concluded in a secret assessment that Russia intervened in the 2016 election to help Donald Trump win the presidency, rather than just to undermine confidence in the U.S. electoral system, according to the officials briefed on the matter. Intelligence agencies have identified individuals with connections to the Russian government who provided WikiLeaks with thousands of hacked emails from the Democratic National Committee and others, including Hillary Clinton's campaign chairman. Those officials describe the individuals as actors known to the intelligence community and part of a wider Russian operation to boost Trump and hurt Clinton's chances.
2: So, Chris Wallace sat down with Donald Trump, which aired today on Fox News Sunday, and they talked about this specifically.
12: According to the Washington Post, the CIA has concluded that Russia intervened in the election to help you win the presidency
9: your reaction. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's just another excuse. Uh, I don't believe it. Uh, I I don't know why. And uh, I think it's just uh, you know, they talked about uh, all sorts of things every week. It's another excuse. We had a massive landslide victory, as you know, in the Electoral College. I guess the final numbers are now at 306 and she, you know, down to a very low number. Uh, No, I don't believe that at all
12: you say you don't know why do you think that the cia is trying to overturn the results To weaken you
9: in office. Well if you look at the story and you take a look at what they said uh, There's great confusion. Nobody really knows and hacking is very interesting Once they hack if you don't catch them in the act you're not going to catch them. They have no idea if it's Russia or China or somebody, it could be somebody sitting in a bed someplace. I mean, they have no idea. So
12: why would the CIA put out the story that the Russians wanted
9: you to Well, I'm not sure they put it out. I think the Democrats are putting it out because they suffered one of the greatest defeats in the history of politics in this country. And frankly, I think they're putting it out. And it's ridiculous. We ought to get back to making America great again, which is what we're going to do. And we've already started the process.
12: You've said repeatedly you don't believe the intelligence communities analysis that the Russians were involved. But Take a look. The
9: they're not sure. They're fighting among themselves. They're not sure. But the question what? is, these
12: are the folks you're going to have to rely on sure.
9: to know what's going on of in the world. Of course, they've made changes, you know, at the top. I mean, we're going to have different people coming in because we have our people, they have their people, uh, and I have great respect for them. But if you read the stories, the various stories, there's disputing. I mean, they're disputing, and and certain groups don't necessarily agree. Personally, it could be Russia. It, it. I don't really think it is, but who knows? I don't know either. They don't know, and I don't know.
4: This is a situation where you have someone who doesn't know anything... Not a
2: goddamn thing.
4: ...about what they are talking about, contradicting claims from people who know what they're talking about. Right. So he's saying, in, from his personal view, where he has no evidence doesn't have the ability to figure this kind of shit out zero intelligence gathering so why is he even taking this on why is he even giving us his personal opinion his personal view his personal opinion doesn't matter he's not an expert in this area
2: because almost half of his low information supporters will adopt his opinion as their own the other thing here is there isn't infighting in the cia right now there isn't squabbling about the the matter there's a conclusion Donald Trump says the same thing about global warming, that, oh, there's all kinds of different opinions. Oh, people are fighting about it. No, they're not. There is scientific, overwhelming consensus about not only this with the CIA, but global warming. And just saying people don't agree on it doesn't mean that people don't agree.
4: He didn't just say people don't agree on climate change. He said, quote unquote, nobody really knows. (laughs) And, and the same could be said of climate change. Listen, just because Donald Trump doesn't understand how the CIA went about figuring whether it was right. Russia or not, doesn't mean that they don't have the ability to figure it out.
2: Right. And, oh, and the, the the wild technological understanding about things that he has no conception.
4: Right. And similar to climate change, just because scientists know how to study it and you don't. Right doesn't mean that they aren't finding accurate conclusions. You're just not educated in this area. Yes. You just do not have expertise in this area. And it's okay. We can't all be experts in every area. We're not experts in every area. Uh, you certainly aren't. So please, stop.
2: Well, the, the interview continued because Donald Trump, who should be getting his daily intelligence briefing from the CIA and the National Security Agency, has only been getting them once a week, which is... One, I think, woefully irresponsible for an incoming president to not have the intelligence lay of the land globally. But Chris Wallace bumped into him about this and then kind of came back about the Russian hack thing.
12: I just want to ask you about your skepticism about the intelligence community. You are getting the presidential daily brief. Yes, only once a week.
9: Well, I I get it when I need it. But is it if there's some skepticism? First of all, these are very good people that are giving me the briefings. And I say if something should change from this point, immediately call me. I'm available on one minute's notice. I don't have to be told, you know, I'm like a smart person. I don't have to be told the same thing and the same words every single day for the next eight years. could be eight years, but eight years. I don't need that. But I do say if something should change, let us know. Now, in the meantime, my generals are great, are being briefed. And Mike Pence is being briefed, who is, by the way, one of my very good decisions. He's
4: terrific. Oh, my God.
2: He's one of his very good decisions. He's getting it daily. So is he having his time wasted? Or is it important that he
9: gets it every day?
4: Is Mike Pence not like a really smart person? he's, He's like a
2: very smart person.
9: And they're being briefed, and I'm being briefed also. But if they're going to come in and tell me the exact same thing that they told me, that you know, it doesn't change necessarily. Now, there will be times where it might change. I mean, there will be some very fluid situations. I'll be there not every day, but more than that. But I don't need to be told, Chris, the same thing every day, every morning, same words. Sir, nothing has changed. Let's go over it again. I don't need that.
12: President Obama just ordered a full review. Of Russia's involvement hacking in the election, and Democrats are now calling for hearings. Do you think this is part of an effort to undercut you?
9: Well, it could be. I think President Obama has been terrific. He's been, you know, very respectful of the process and everything else. So I saw that. But, and and I want it too. I think it's great. I think I don't want anyone hacking us. And I'm not only talking about countries. I'm talking about anyone. Period. But if you're going to do that, I think you should not just say Russia. You should say. Other countries also, and maybe other individuals, it's but not necessarily a political just, effort it, here. It could be. I mean, it could be. Hey, look, we had, many people are saying one of the great victories of all time. They're very <laughs> embarrassed. <laughs> many people are saying,
2: "Ready."
4: <laughs> I'm glad that you can laugh because I want to cry. Many people
2: are saying we had one of the great victories of all time.
4: Nobody's saying that except for you, asswipe. Well, he even had to clarify when he talked about the tremendous win that he had in the Electoral College. Right, right, right. Because <laughs> that didn't happen with the popular vote as well.
2: Yeah, but did, did you? You clearly caught it because you made the reference to it, but this part, I wonder if the audience caught it.
4: I don't have to be told, you know, I'm like
9: a smart person. I don't have to be told the same thing and the same words every single day for the next eight years. Could be eight years, but eight years. Eight years. And
2: then also of course
9: You know I'm like a smart person.
4: <laughs> well so seriously. I'm like
2: a smart he's like a smart person. He's not a smart person,
4: but he's like one, Brittany. I do not listen, I You know I'm like am, a smart person. I am so embarrassed that this is yes. the situation.
2: It really is truly embarrassing.
4: But Donald Trump, who who doesn't understand, anything he needs to be getting as much information as he can and even if it's the same information he needs to hear it again and again and again so he can become intimately familiar with the way the world works
2: we'll have to teach him the other meaning of intimate intimately <laughs> familiar cuz he'll want to fuck it
4: yeah well he he needs <laughs> to understand right this pussy, and and hearing one briefing you don't understand
9: you know I'm like a smart person what do you mean he's
4: like it's, a smart person it's a very complicated situation once a week briefing.
9: Not
2: enough.
4: Not enough. In, in the
2: dangerous world in which we live, once a week is not enough.
4: No, and he's saying that he's a smart person. He doesn't need to hear the same thing every day. Okay, well, until you can rehearse the inner workings of the entire world back to people, right? I don't care. When you're,
2: <laughs> when you're able to speak in a higher grade level than sixth grade... Then tell me about how you'll skip a couple intelligence briefings when some of our most intelligent presidents, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, George H.W. Bush, these men got the presidential briefing daily because we live in a dangerous world. And if it's wasting your time to hear it, why is it not wasting Mike Pence's time?
4: Right. He says he's too smart to hear it every day. So Mike Pence isn't that smart. Uh, But I'm also wondering, remember those reports before Donald Trump was elected that said that he approached John Kasich and said, hey, buddy, do you want to be the vice president so that you can handle both domestic and foreign policy? And he said, well, what would you do? Make America great again. Mike Pence is getting the daily briefings, but Donald Trump is not. What does that tell you? Is my- that because he just wants to be the face of this operation?
2: That is exactly right.
4: But not be doing the work behind the scenes. You
2: know, I'm like a smart person. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm like a smart person.
4: Suspicious. Uh, it's suspicious.
2: All right. Well, let's wrap with this.
3: Here is the asshole of today.
2: So in this asshole of today, it's going to be <laughs> uh, my favorite. The guy who who needs a little, a little choking, as far as I'm concerned.
4: All right. Pretty aggressive on the show today, you are.
2: I'm aggressive sometimes. All right. When you hurt women, I get a little aggressive.
4: Corey Lewandowski.
2: Corey Lewandowski said, again, he's dragging out this trope because he happens to be on Fox News about Christmas. The most ridiculous thing I've heard, and that's saying something, in a long time.
7: But all the extra jobs that go along with that, which means a great Christmas, which you can say again, Merry Christmas, because Donald Trump is now the president. You can say it again. It's okay to say. It's not <laughs> a pejorative word anymore. Yeah. The other thing is, $50 billion and and 50,000 jobs in the first four weeks, we continue down this path. We're going to be, we're gonna have to have an increase in immigration to fill up all these jobs, and we're going to have too many in our Actually, own country.
2: That- uh, what is wrong with him?
4: How is this even something that people are feel comfortable saying, that they're not too embarrassed to say?
7: Which you can say again, Merry Christmas, because Donald Trump is now the president. You can say it again. It's okay to say. It's not a pejorative <laughs> word anymore.
2: Like, no one was able to say it
4: before? Yeah, Christians have had to go underground for the last eight years.
2: 73% of the population is being oppressed by the other 27%.
4: I... It's just very strange, but I'm sure there's people that hear that and go, yes, Corey is a champion for us. He's speaking for us. He's speaking the truth. He's
2: saying, finally, Donald Trump was president, and now you're able to say it again. You weren't able before, but now you're able to say Merry Christmas. I got news for you, Corey Lewandowski. I'm an atheist. I say Merry Christmas. I don't say Happy Holidays. Was I just breaking the law before? Was Obama's anti-Christmas goon squad just unable to snatch me up and take me to jail?
7: Which you can say again, Merry Christmas, because Donald Trump is now the president. You can say it again. It's okay to say. It's not a pejorative (laughs) word anymore. Rightfully earned.
2: Asshole of today. Ugh. All right. Well, we are going to leave you. If you would like to communicate with the show, give us a call. Leave a fewer than three-minute voicemail, 657 464-7609. 464 9 You can also email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit it at Dollamore.com. We would love to hear from you. We want to thank our Patreon and PayPal supporters. If you'd like to support the show, support the production of this program. We would love to have you on board with PayPal or Patreon. Go to dollamore.com slash Patreon, dollamore.com slash PayPal. Or if you're not done Christmas shopping yet, go to dollamore.com slash Amazon and do some buy-in for the the family and the friends. Every little bit goes a long way. And if you're going to spend your money there anyway, you might as well help us out. We love you guys. We appreciate you. You're the best audience in podcasting. For Britney Page, I am Jesse Dallamore, and this is Ben. I doubt it. You
9: know, I'm like a smart person.